Okay, are we, are we good on the recording? Test one, two. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. How do people see monitoring and evaluation in one word? Not again. Challenging. Burdensome or burden. Burden. But I think that that's starting to change. What could monitoring and evaluation be? Um, um, an opportunity. Opportunity. I like that. An opportunity for improvement. What would you say? See, I think for me, there might be a lot to learn, but that once you once you do, you can see how useful it is. I want to make data fun. You are listening to the Monitoring and Evaluation Technical Assistance. Or Meta Podcast. Improving the collection, management, analysis, and use of data. To improve outcomes to refugees in the U.S. Brought to you from the International Rescue Committee with the support of the Office of Refugee Resettlement. Meta. Welcome to the Meta Podcast. My name is Meg Gibbon, Program Officer for Meta, and today we're here to discuss recommendations for refugee service providers put forward by the recent report, Understanding the Intersection Between Temporary Assistance for Needy Families and Refugee Cash Assistance Services. This study was sponsored by the ACF Office of Planning, Research, and Evaluation, and conducted by APT Associates and its partner, MEF Associates. I'm very excited to be joined by Sam Elkin, Principal Associate at MEF, and a researcher on this project. Sam, thanks for joining us. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me on. So let's start by hearing a little bit more about your project. Uh, Can you introduce us to your main research questions and the methods you use to go about answering them? Sure. So TANF and RCA are two of the main cash assistance programs that serve as important sources of support for refugees right after they've arrived in the U.S., um, TANF is the same cash assistance program for low-income families with children that serves the general population. And refugees can receive TANF uh, as long as they meet the same eligibility criteria that other people in the general population do. But TANF is only for families with children, so the Office of Refugee Resettlement funds the Refugee Cash Assistance Program uh, so that there is cash assistance available for adult refugees without children during their first eight months in the country. Both programs have a focus on getting people to become self-sufficient through employment, and they have services associated with them to help participants find jobs, and they both have requirements to participate in those services or in other work activities. Um, With both TANF and RCA, states have broad flexibility in how they implement the program, and there hasn't been much documentation of the different ways that states have implemented the programs to serve refugees. So, so this study aimed to help fill that gap in knowledge. The Office of Planning, Research, and Evaluation defined four research questions for us. The first was, what do we know about how different states and local sites administer benefits and services for refugees through TANF and RCA? The second was, are there innovative strategies being implemented to help refugees obtain employment and ultimately achieve economic self-sufficiency in the U.S.? The third was, to what extent and in what ways are states integrating or coordinating TANF, RCA, and associated services to better serve the diverse needs of refugees? And finally, there was a question on data. What data are currently collected by states, local sites, and service providers? about refugee services and their self-sufficiency outcomes. To answer these questions, we collected information in two principal ways. The first was we did an online survey of all of the state refugee coordinators, and we got responses from almost all of them. We got responses from 49, including the District of Columbia and San Diego County, which has its own Wilson Fish program. 
Um, and then we also did site visits to eight localities serving refugees. And those site visits involved in-depth interviews with managers and staff at agencies and organizations serving refugees. And we also were able to do focus groups with refugees served by those organizations. All of that data collection happened in 2016. Um, I should say that this was a descriptive study. We didn't assess effectiveness with different strategies, but we were out to identify things that looked like innovative strategies. And part of the point of the study was to set the stage for possible future evaluations that might be able to test the effectiveness of those strategies. So thinking through the findings and recommendations that came out of that descriptive research, one thing that emerged as a key factor in effectively serving refugee families enrolled in TANF and RCA is coordination. And so can you speak to some general strategies for coordinating TANF and RCA services and how this can help improve client outcomes? Sure. I guess let me say a little bit about why that's important. Refugees are often having to deal with several agencies when they arrive to get and maintain cash assistance, either through TANF or RCA. Uh, and that can include the resettlement agencies who provided them with the initial reception and placement services. It can include the public assistance agencies or, or welfare agencies that provide cash assistance and sometimes separate employment service providers. Uh, the specific arrangements differ from state to state, but one way or the other, it creates several challenges. Um, so for example, in some cases, the public assistance agency staff, they're not principally there to serve refugees, they are serving a general population, and they may not be familiar with the specific issues that refugees face, um, and they may not be familiar with the state's public assistance policies for refugees. A lot of the programs that we visited um, had different strategies to try to overcome those challenges through coordination between the resettlement agencies, the public assistance agencies, and other organizations. For example, one strategy that was used in several places was co-location or having staff from one organization located at the office of another organization. Uh, an example of that we saw in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is right outside Washington, D.C. There, there are public agency caseworkers who are located at one of the resettlement agencies. Another example of a strategy that we saw for coordination um, involves specialized units at the public assistance agencies. And that's actually a sort of broader strategy. Some agencies create special units with multilingual staff trained to be particularly knowledgeable about the eligibility rules for refugees. But, but then it has some additional benefit of uh, being a unit that serves as a fixed point of contact that resettlement agencies can get in touch with if there's an issue with a refugee's case. So um, we heard about a unit in Cook County, Illinois, where Chicago is, uh, where at the public assistance agency, that unit communicated daily with the resettlement agencies about the individual refugees who they were serving. Another strategy that um, some locations are trying to develop is to take a one-stop hub approach, and that can be placing services from different organizations in one location that might even be within the public assistance agency, and that can make referrals easier so that, for example, if interpretation services are needed, there are interpretation services available from a partner organization right there. Uh, it also helps with communications among organizations. Different version of that that we saw um, was bringing a lot of different services together in one organization. For example, Jefferson County, Kentucky, uh, which is a Wilson Fish State where the resettlement agencies administer cash assistance, the refugee cash assistance program. One of the resettlement agencies provided not just the initial reception and placement services, but RCA, ESL classes, 
cultural and work orientation classes, employment services, and the whole range of other services all within the organization themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Thanks for sharing those examples. And I'm glad to hear you touched on employment services at the end. On that topic, can you recommend any program strategies specifically around improving employment outcomes for uh, RCA and TANF recipients? Yeah, so with employment services, that was an area where we saw a difference between how the refugee cash assistance and the TANF programs are structured. RCA recipients generally participate in refugee-specific employability services that are funded by the Office of Refugee Resettlement and that are provided by the resettlement agencies or other community-based organizations that specialize in serving refugees. That's not always true for refugees receiving TANF. In some locations, refugees receiving TANF participate in the same employment services that non-refugees do. So one of the things that we observed is that refugee-serving organizations are often more familiar with some of the particular challenges that exist in working with refugees. They may also have more infrastructure for handling things like language barriers, kind of more familiarity with some of the trauma that some refugees may have faced, uh, and also kind of more familiarity with the wide range of skill levels that refugees may arrive with. So one of our suggestions for TANF agencies who are interested in better serving refugee families is to contract with culturally competent employment service vendors who have that experience in working with refugees. Washington State was a good example of that. Their TANF agency contracts with a network of culturally competent employment service providers for all of their limited English-speaking clients, both TANF and RCA recipients. And that network includes resettlement agencies, ethnic community-based organizations, and even some community colleges. Alternatively, for TANF programs that want to provide employment services in-house and are in areas where they are actually working with a a large number of refugees, they might consider establishing a specialized unit uh, within the employment side of their services uh, with multilingual staff and who are prepared to work with the particular issues that refugees face. One of the things that I mentioned earlier was that uh, programs face particular challenges with the wide range of skill levels that refugees may arrive with. One example of how programs work with higher skilled uh, refugees uh, is through re-credentialing programs. So, for example, in Jefferson County, which had resettled a large number of skilled arrivals from Cuba, uh, there is an organization that has helped with relicensing, new credentialing, and licensing in up to 30 different professions. Um, Another example of ways that uh, programs might work with higher skilled refugees, we saw that in Fairfax County, Virginia, also right outside of Washington, D.C., they developed a uh, internationally trained professionals event as a network opportunity that could connect some of their higher skilled refugee arrivals with other working professionals in the area. So at the other end of the spectrum, where uh, refugees may be arriving with lower skill or education levels, refugee-specific services often include things like introduction to Western workplace norms um, and also job development or training focused on the types of jobs that are appropriate for the skill levels or backgrounds of the particular refugee groups who they're serving. In general, one of the interesting things that we saw was that employment services and refugee-specific programs, both those connected with RCA and those connected with TANF, the employment services tend to be more intensive than is typical in mainstream TANF employment service programs. They tend to provide more individualized assistance. And we saw uh, job developers identifying employers who will employ refugees and then helping them with the job applications, sometimes even accompanying them to their job interviews to act as interpreters. 
sometimes facilitating on-site work orientations. That kind of goes a little bit above and beyond what might be typical for non-refugee TANF clients. So it definitely sounds like employment services is an area where you found a lot of promising practices that providers might be able to learn from. I want to ask next about another program area that comes up in the report. Can you speak to the innovative strategies that you describe in the area of English language training? Sure. All the programs that we visited do provide English language training early on, but there was a little bit of attention because both TANF and RCA emphasize rapid employment. And so there's kind of often an effort to have refugees be able to find jobs quickly, and they may often take entry-level jobs rather than spending time in services like ESL that may be able to prepare them to find better jobs over the longer term. With RCA, as I mentioned before, refugees can only receive cash assistance for the first eight months that they're in the country. So there's really only so much that the programs can do about that that tension. You know, once the refugee cash assistance expires, if the refugees don't have jobs, they will have very limited incomes. But on the TANF side, there's a little bit more flexibility. TANF has time limits too, but the time limits are generally longer and they aren't counted necessarily relative to when the refugee has arrived. That said, on With TANF, the challenge is more the work participation requirements that um, states face and kind of pass down to participants in the TANF program. And uh, there's limits in the TANF rules on how many hours of ESL uh, can count for each person when the states are trying to meet their federal core work participation requirements. So the sites described different ways that they try to provide ESL and pay attention to those, those work participation requirements. They described developing employment plans that were kind of careful about how they combined some hours of work activities that count for the core requirements with some hours of ESL. Some states will integrate ongoing ESL instruction into vocational education training, which might be able to count as core work participation activities um, after they've passed the limits of uh, the number of hours of ESL that they could count on its own. And some states will allow refugees in their early months to actually increase participation in ESL even beyond what counts towards their work participation. States have the flexibility to not have every single TANF participant meet the work participation requirements. And so we saw an example of that in um, Jefferson County, Kentucky, which was allowing TANF receiving refugees to take full-time ESL classes at the resettlement agencies uh, for their first two months in the country. After that two months was over, they then transitioned the refugees to countable work activities alongside their non-refugee peers. Um, but for those first two months, they were able to, to do ESL full time. Thank you. So we're trying to the end of our time today, but I want to let listeners know where they can find the study to go read it for themselves. The OPRE website at acf.hhs.gov slash OPRE has a project page that contains the final report as well as two shorter briefs. One uh, presents the findings from this survey of 49 state refugee coordinators, and then one is aimed at TANF programs in particular with recommendations of ways to better serve refugees. I really encourage everyone listening to go read the report to learn more about topics we didn't have time to discuss today, including some really fascinating questions for future research to build on this descriptive study. I want to say a huge thank you to Sam for taking the time to speak with me today and to our listeners for tuning in. Please do tell us what you think of the Meta podcast, as well as what other topics you'd like to hear about. You can email meta at rescue.org and follow us on Twitter at US Meta Support. For past podcasts and other ME-related resources, visit metasupport.org. Sam, thank you so much again.
Thank you. I enjoyed it.